0: We'll kick things off with a word from Andreas Georgiou, a UK MMA writer and interviewer who covers MMA and kickboxing for MMA+, Plus, but also moonlights as Bama's behind the scenes reporter on fight nights such as this one. All right, we're here at Bama 21 at the Barclay Card Arena here in Birmingham, the city where it all started off for Bama many moons ago. Joining me is a man who's deeply ensconced in the world of Bama, Mr Andreas Georgiou. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing good, Simon. Great to be on your podcast. You're, you're quite close to this. You know, you do a lot of the access all area stuff in the back, um, and you've been, you've been covering this sport at, at a domestic level consistently for a little while now. Um, give us a sense, obviously I, I, I tend to work more with the UFC yeah. side. Um, I used to cover a bit of Bamara back in the day. It's been a while since I've been here. Yeah. It's interesting to see the transition. I mean how have you seen the sport growing domestically
1: in, in the last last few years or so? Well, I first became, you know, first got on board with Bama watching it as a fan. Um, Bama 4, Watson versus Reid, obviously such a huge fight. I don't even need to go into detail there of uh, how big that is in terms of UK MMA. Um, in terms of covering Bama, um, I believe my first Bama was Bama 14. So that was about a year and a half ago, two years. And since then, obviously, Bama knew they were going through a bit of trouble at the time. And um, yeah. You know, they've they've come on leaps and bounds since then. You know, we've seen certain things happen, you know, behind the scenes that have given Bama, you know, a bit more stability now, obviously the spike T V deal. And um, it just looks now that the promotion is just ready to finally accept their, their position atop of UK MMA. It's interesting. I mean, you, you mentioned the Spike TV
0: deal. That's huge, isn't it? I mean, now Spike have got that channel here in the UK and they've jumped straight in. They've got Bama. Obviously, Bama had that sort of on-off deal with Channel 5. Yeah. Um, but now they seem to have got themselves a, a stable home, which is important for any big promotion.
1: Uh, of course, without a doubt. You have you have to look at the UFC. The UFC wouldn't be where they are without Spike T V and the Ultimate Fighter. You know, everyone talks about how important that, that Bonner Griffin fight is. And and for Bama, it, it's arguably the same with the Spike T V thing. Obviously Channel Five and Spike T V is still a, a Channel Five owned company. Yeah. But now it seems that they've got this dedicated audience, this dedicated channel in Spike T V that wanna promote fights. Not just you know, it's not just this, it's boxing as well, um, Bellator's also on the channel so it's a an accumulative kind of network that I really think can help Bama grow and it's, it's absolutely fantastic for the promotion and for the sport over here in the in the UK and the actual sport is hot well, and combat sports well, obviously boxing
0: is has been long entrenched in, in, yeah. in the UK in the UK sporting psyche I feel like MMA kickboxing it's all beginning to rise up now and there, there seems to be a really strong market for yeah. it how, how important are, are events like this to, to the growth of the sport in the UK
1: it, paramount absolutely paramount you know you have to start as a contender no one is born the champion and you have to look to these domestic scenes not just here in the uk but canada america brazil that's where your fighters are born and that's where you know you you see them grow as people and that's you know where they eventually step up to the big leagues shows like bama uh, absolutely so important because it's not just that that these guys can get experience they're getting experience at a level that is important at a high level the biggest show in in uk mma they're on tv they've got media you know asking them questions they're getting trained in how to respond correctly so it's not just important in the terms of yeah i can improve my skills but in all forms of the sport as well that these fighters are Nourishing uh, themselves and becoming better products, and possibly we've seen in years before.
0: And we've got some great up-and-coming talent. We've, we've seen it already. I mean, we're we're talking we're that midway through the event, I yeah. reckon. Uh, ch- ch- well, chucks a couple of names: people who maybe in eighteen months, two years, we might be seeing uh, fighting in the big leagues who are coming up through yeah. the Bama ranks. Who who's the next star to sort of come through the uh, the ranks of Bama? We've had a
1: few. Yeah, we've had a few. Well, one of them who we were speaking about earlier, Tom Tom Breeze, who absolutely fantastic in his first pro win um, over in brazil but right now on the uk scene you've got to look towards the bantamweight division there's two big names that i think are going to surge and that's ed arthur undefeated, the current champion of bama most recently bama 20 um defeated alan philpot to win that belt he he is a phenomenal athlete he, he honestly he's probably one of the best bantamweight fighters this country has ever produced and trust me he he is definitely one to watch out with his striking is superb and his ground game as well is very very you know high level for you know in the terms of speaking and as well another fighter um, Regis Sugden obviously from the Sugden family very rich in kickboxing history just made the move over to MMA you know he's not had many fights under his belt but every time he's showcased that he's here to stay he's not just one of these guys moving over from kickboxing oh I can strike I can do this no he's, tra- he's tra- training jiu-jitsu down at Urban Kings one of the best you know jiu-jitsu training camps that we have in this country down down in London so he's doing everything right and he's another bantamweight name that you guys have to look for because you know he has it all.
0: One of the standout moments of the night, for sure, was when Rob C. 4 Sinclair, the Burnley lightweight who is one of the one of the most popular figures in the UK MMA and uh, an absolute stalwart of the Bama promotion, made his long-awaited return. I think he'd been out for around 30 months. He had one fight for Bellator. Within that period of time, I think he's for once in that spell. Coming back from uh, a busted Achilles and uh, multiple knee ligament injuries as well that required surgery. Made an agreement between Bammer and uh, Bellator for him to fight on this card. Um, and he produced a, an absolutely superb performance to win by TKO in the first round against Michael Brightman from the United States. But the story really was all about Rob and his comeback. I managed to grab him after the fight. He had a cold beer in his hand, he was sat on the stage and uh, he was in relaxed, uh, relieved, and very satisfied mood. First off, congrats on, on getting a win. Long time out. Um, you know, you're, you're Mr. Bama, really. You know, you're the guy who's helped bring this promotion up to the level that it's out today. Um,
2: how, how satisfying
0: was it for you after such a long layoff? To come back into the Bama occasion and yeah. score, first round finish. you know what? Looking, looking back now,
3: when I went to America and I uh, went to Bellator, I never thought in, in the wildest dreams I would be back here, competing. Um, everything fell into place, really. I, you know, I fought over in America, did okay, didn't do as well as you know. If I went in there now. Tomorrow, for example, I'd do a hell of a lot better than what I did. A lot of it was ring rust, you know what I mean. You can spar all you want in the in the gym and all that, but when someone's taking your head off a reel, throwing elbows and knees and stuff, and wants to kill you, it's different. And uh, the ring, luckily, like I got in eight weeks later. Uh, felt really confident in there. I've got in the back. I felt good. I felt strong. I felt just you know probably a bit too aggressive, a
0: bit too emotional. Uh, I just wanted the win so bad, you know. And. Given given the the layoff and you know the, the severity of the knee injury in particular, um, were there any nagging concerns or worries going into this? No, not this fight. Uh, I know my
3: Achilles is fine. My Achilles heel, that's fine. No problem with that. Uh, doubts of my knee going into America, naturally. Um, doctor said to me, physios. I've got a great physio, Emma, and a great job of conditioning guard David Bell, and uh, they says to me it's fine. You know, and if they say it's fine, it's fine. But still I had that niggling doubt over there. When he kicked me in my leg a couple of times, didn't feel anything. So the doubts went eight weeks later, I've come in there. I didn't, if I've away for him to kick me out, I'm gonna smile at the guy, you know what I mean? And uh, no, that, that's, that's fine now, you know what I mean? It's a case of just rehabbing it forever and a day. Uh, I don't want to rehab this leg. I rehab this leg, my arms, my head, everything like that. That's the way to go for I me, mean, you know? So I feel good, yeah, no
0: nags, no niggling, there's nothing. Were you ever in a situation where, during the time you were off, You sort of think, see, I might not, I might not make it back. Were there ever any doubts there? Yeah, there is always going to be doubts
3: because you're going to have setbacks. It's like, you know, you'll have a goal of, of, uh, right? We want to, because I couldn't bend my leg for two months. You know what I mean? The first, the first stage of rehab was obviously the uh, the operations, and then the second stage was to straighten my leg because she said if you don't straighten your leg, you're going to have scar tissue build up and you'll always be bent, so you'll always walk with a little limp. Because, so the first stage was, was, right, straighten it, no matter what, straighten it, uh, and then bend it. And I it took, me, it took me three months to bend the leg, you know what I mean? So during that time, and I'm waking up and it's not bending anymore, I had doubts, mm. I had doubts, you know what I mean? Muscle wastage, I had major doubts, but mm. I've got a strong mind, you know what I mean? And that's probably what, what helped me through my life. And uh, I, once you got past that stage, I people, good people around me, you're going to do it, you're going to do it. And i seen improvements and improvements eventually and all that. And I just kept going, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this. And I did it.
0: Yeah and you've come through the other side now you've been successful
3: what's next for you I don't know honestly I don't know I'm just going to uh, I've got I'm getting married in August you know I've got a couple of holidays I'm going to see my friends I've you know I've neglected all my family all my friends for the last been a bit selfish for the last uh, year and a half because I had to be they all, they all understand it and I probably need a good sort of month off from training because as soon as I got the all clear to train I've been non-stop And I got given the all clear about 14 months ago. And uh, I've just been non stop training, training, training. So, my, you know, I've got a baby at home that I hardly see. I've got a daughter I hardly see. Me and girlfriend are getting married. She's organised everything. I ain't even been a part of it. So, I'm just going to just take a month off and then I'll see what happens after that.
0: Brilliant. And last one from me, and and thanks for your time again. Um, End of the fight. You got up on the cage there. In come the corner I man with the with the rucksack, out comes the old championship yeah, belt. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us about that. And uh, I, I was just what at, made you do that.
3: I was just at home, you know what I mean? And I thought I was starting to get a bit emotional about three days ago. And I thought, you know what, I've never lost there. It's my championship, I never lost. Um, I know I moved on to to, 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 uh, to America and all that, but I thought I'm just gonna ruffle it up a little bit, I'm just gonna just try and get the crowd a little bit, you know, harper in that lot. Get the belt out, it's my belt, I'll do what I want, you know what I mean? I thought, I'll get on the cage, hopefully get a few cheers, a few smiles, probably get a few groans and a few who's he think he is tap. but just having a bit of fun, it's nothing personal to anybody. You know, hopefully, uh you know, Stapes are on very fast, man. Someone takes it off him, you know. It's a good, a good Brilliant.
0: Well, whether it's in America or whether it's back here in Bama, looking forward to seeing you yeah. back in there again. Yeah. It's good to see you back. Cheers, pal. Another fight I was particularly keen to talk to on the night was Jack McGann, a product of the famed Wolfslayer Academy up near Liverpool. And he's someone who's come up through the ranks there under the tutelage of his father, Anthony McGann, who runs the gym up there. Um, obviously, that's a gym renowned for elite-level talent. Uh, Michael DeCount Count Bisbin came up through that gym, and they also worked extensively with the likes of Chet Congo and Quinton Rampage Jackson. Jack's coming up through the domestic ranks. He's got an 8-1 and one record and racked up that 8th win. Here tonight against Aziz Stringer who was a very late replacement. Uh, I believe he was the second replacement for this particular event. So it's a bit of a tricky one for the man known as the Pilgrim. I wanted to just get a, a sense from him of just how he feels dealing with the tag of being one of the best prospects in this country. All right, first off congratulations on the win. Fantastic performance against a guy who came in at really short notice. Does that put an added pressure on you, the fact you're, you're having to take on a guy who really you've not been preparing for?
4: Um, yeah, you know, you, you know. I, I mean, I train for all types of guys. As I said, I don't, I don't tend to watch a lot of tape on guys. I have a little look, and then, um, but I don't let it. You know, haunt, I don't let them build demons within me and, and, and focus on what they You know, I let me, I let my coaches look for me. And um, yeah, it was really off putting Most of it due to the fact that I didn't think I was. Fighting, mean, you know. Wednesday, the guy pulled out, and I was like, "We're weighing in in two days." You know, what are we on gonna- Wednesday night, was like, what are we going to do? So, as he stepped in, and then it was at 74, which helps. He didn't have to kill himself to get to the weight. And yeah, it, it was a rough point, but nothing, not handle you know. And on, on,
0: on the topic of pressure, you know, you're you're one of the, one of the shining stars of the UK scene now. You know, you've got a fantastic record. A lot of people are talking about you as a, as, as a real star of the future. Does that put added pressure on you
4: as you try and make your way up through the ranks? Yeah, you know, I think there's a few things I'm, I'm on you know. I'm like the Wolves like a kid, and the only kid, and your dad manages all the fighters, and you know, I've been, I've been at fighting since I was a kid, and they all big names in the gym, and, and, yeah, people are watching me and stuff, so it, do, it does a little bit, but I, I, I can't tell, obviously, because I'm, I'm in the position I'm in, mean, I can't tell what any other fighters is like, but, you know, it's a fight at the end of the day, and people are watching me, you, you can't not feel pressure, any, anyone who says they don't feel any is lying, that's what I say, so, yeah, And You, know, you, know I mean? you mentioned, obviously,
0: coming from the Wolves there, which is incredibly well-known training camp, not just domestically, but but around the world. How much of a benefit is that to you, obviously, coming through and all of the great experience that that,
4: that, that camp has had down the years with, with guys going right to the top of the sport? Yeah, you know, there's a reason for that. It's not just because it's, it's, it's our coaching, it's our weight coach, it's, it's, it's the mentality we spar, it's everything, you know, we've got a really good formula and it's, it's working. It's, it's currently and So. Um, it's only, it only goes one way, you know. And, and if, but nothing else, we're always exciting fighters as well. You know, if you watch Woff's their lad, you want to go for it. You know, other people want to see. And how, how do you go about sort of managing your career going forward? I mean, obviously
0: there's you know there's a lot of talk about you. Um, how how carefully do you have to make sure you sort of move yourself up gradually and make sure you get the fights that make sense to you and that you're not you're not thrown too high too quickly.
4: Yeah, that's what you know. I've got a good with dad, we managing and you know. Um, and he's the best manager in, in MMA, and that's just not because I'm sure, a Look what he's doing, you know. Um, so yeah, he, he, uh, I just he just says you're fighting X on this days, and I just go okay. That's it. Yeah. That's as far as it goes. He knows more than me, but obviously, you know, it doesn't it doesn't in any favors. to have in straight and the deep end, and you know, my first few fights, I built myself up, and I'm not going to deny that. And some some people criticise it, but boxing boxers do it all the time. I don't see what the issue is, you know. What's the point in in, 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 not, in going in there and just fighting monsters straight away when not only that. You won't know, get paid for it. So you know, I think the way we've done it and the way we're doing it, we can get great. So I'm going go far. And have you got a, like a roadmap for the next 12
0: months? Have you got a plan laid out that you've spoken to your dad about? And you know, this is this is where we see ourselves in
4: 12 months' time. Mm, yeah. You know, I, 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 as I said, I want to, um, want to fight Jack Grant in Dublin. And uh, you know, in it come might come across then in the cage a bit. But he's like got something against him. I don't know Jack, but I, I think he's a really great fighter. I've watched him fight and stuff obviously. And um, you know, I just think it's going to be the biggest bummer yet. Put a big fight on because we're both bangers and we both go for it. And that's what people want to see. I think that'll be fight. I think any fight I'm in, you, 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 you want to watch it, you know. So.
0: Great stuff. Great performance tonight. Hope it all goes well for you in your future career. Best of luck. Thanks a lot. I also managed to corner Bama's head of media, Matt Bourne, who, as it turns out, lives not too far from me down here in Kent. He said he didn't do interviews, but we managed to get one out of him here and uh, just to just to chat to him about how the promotion has grown and and the challenges that have faced him since he joined the promotion a few years back. Uh, it's an interesting listen. Check it out. This is Bama Twenty One. Yeah, I think the last of, the last Bama event I was at might have been Bama Ten or Bama Eleven. That was a long time okay. ago. Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting to see how things have progressed. I mean, obviously you've been you've been working for Bama throughout that time, and you've seen you've seen the domestic scene in general, yep. and what's happened with that, and and how the Bama brand has grown. I mean, what's your
5: what's been your experience of it? Well, when I came into Bama, it, it, it was quite interesting because uh, there the, the how I actually came into Bama was through their social media because I, I saw a gap in what they were doing. Um, and back at the, back in the day Izzy was in charge of PR and I spoke to her and she put me in front of the MD and the CEO. And I just basically said to them, I said, you've got a gap here and there's this and you could do this and they just turned around to me and said, Do you want to do it? And so sort of from there I've just built from there and I've kind of learned along the way. Um, and seeing Bammer then to what Bammer is now, I mean Bama always had the building blocks in place. We just I think what a lot of people miss is what goes on behind the scenes when we had that lull for a while after sort of 12 and 13 and we not disappeared we were always there but we we, you know we went quiet for a while it's because we were restructuring Um, it wasn't anything other you know it wasn't like we'd run out of money or anything like that it's like people tried to conjecture and stuff like that it wasn't anything like that it was we we went back stripped everything back and said right this needs fixing that needs fixing and so it's really just been a building block to the point of Bama 20 because we knew we we were going to be Spike spike a long while ago and obviously we couldn't say anything um, it was you know we were it was obviously negotiated for a fair while but we weren't allowed to say too much so we knew where we were going mm. so Bama 20 was the point we were heading to so we were slowly building things up you know replacing things some people came some people went um, and that staff and fighters um, and then you know we we came out of the arenas for a while just because we wanted to get back to grassroots we did the fight nights you know to start doing amateur fights um, you know we really wanted to sort of go back and start at the beginning again with that and then sort of come back into the arenas and stuff um, we wanted to make a real impact when we came back in with Spike as well because it was a, it's a big deal for UK MMA I mean yeah. you know um, having UK MMA on TV at the same time you know as boxing would go out on Channel 5 like this evening you know it, it's a big thing for UK MMA so you know I'm just pleased to be a part of it I mean I, I still you know to this day sometimes sit there in front of my computer screen going you know how did did I get here, why am I here sometimes, you know, I mean it's it's not all been plain sailing, there has yeah. been ups and downs but, you know, in general it's, it's it's been good because I've actually learned a lot about the UK, MMA, you know, from grassroots up, I mean I, I knew a bit about it, you know, everybody comes in, they're a fan of certain other organisations and stuff um, but it really made me go back and learn and watch video and see and I've grown as well in, in it so, you know, I mean I'm not an expert but I know a lot more than I did two years ago
0: Yeah, and you talked about Working up to a, to sort of almost like a point where you, you're Bama 20. Obviously we're at Bama 21 now. We're in that next stage, and yep. I know your, your your promotional slogan is "Welcome to the New Age." Yep. I guess it's kind of a, a reflection of that. Yeah. So,
5: what's next for Bama? What's the next? What's the next rung on the ladder for you guys? What's next for Bama taking over the world? Eh? <laughs> that's no. That's probably a step too far. We we just want to really establish ourselves. You know, I mean, everybody talks that. Oh, I'm the number one in Europe. I'm the number one in the UK. We actually want to establish that. You know, yeah. we want we want to make. We want to have an MMA organisation that people in this country can get behind, and it's you know, and we can go. This is what we do. You know, we're we're not you know, we're not expecting to take Bellator or or UFC's place. You know, we we, we know we're not going to be world beaters. We're not we're not trying to do that. We're trying to establish some of these guys at the moment. Jack McGann's being interviewed. You know, we're trying to give these guys a platform. You know, and it's. We just want to establish a big MMA organisation, you know, and ho- hopefully we'll be around for a long while to come, you know, and be a show that people will want to come and see. So the next stage for us is really sort of cementing where we've got to and then building the blocks for the next new age, yeah. you know. And as
0: someone who sort of manages the media side of things, mm-hmm. and I spoke to, uh, to Andreas earlier and he, he made a really interesting, a very valid point that as well as the fact that the fighters, again, the experience of fighting on a, on a big stage domestically, here at BAM. The other thing that they're getting the benefit of is dealing with media attention, conducting interviews, you know, streamed weigh-ins, all this sort of stuff. So um, as someone who looks after the media, is that something that you guys, Communicate with the fighters about, is, you know, how, how, how valuable. Obviously, it's, it's almost like
5: another skill, another string to the boat that the fighters need to learn. Absolutely, um, it, it's definitely part of. I don't want to say learning curve, it sounds a little bit patronising, yeah. but um, you know, it's part of the fighter's growing process. You know, because as you know, as they get into the sort of bigger arenas and the bigger stuff, you know, you have to deal with media retention now. We're in an age where social media is That's everywhere. So um, <laughs> um, where you know, it's that day and age where you've got to be able to speak on media. Yeah. You, you can't. You can be a great fighter. But if you can't talk and you can't promote yourself, then you know that, that's as much of your job as it is getting in the gym every day doing your weight cutting. And in fact, for some people, it's a harder exercise than weight cutting. So um, yeah, I mean, I speak to a lot of the fighters. Like, you know, obviously when they come on board, um, if they're involved in the main card, we spend time with them. We go out to shoots. You know, and I sit down with fighters. You know, as much as I can when I can, um, and talk to them about you know what you want to be doing, what you want to be saying. You know, it's not just promoting. I'm not just trying to get them to promote Bama. I'm trying to get them to promote them brand yeah. so you know i mean if you know, Mark Diocasey, for example, the Bone Crusher. You know, it's a great nickname. Nobody else has the Bone Crusher. So, you know, I've spoken to Mark about, you know, really push pushed the Bone Crusher. You know, I'm going to crush his bone. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but it's also, you know, like I say, dealing with the media and it's getting them to, you know, not just us, but their sponsors and stuff like that. It's a big opportunity. And I've, you know, I've spoken to a lot of fighters and said, look, you know, you get the media part, right? Then the sponsors come on board, you know, and then then you can do a lot more with what you're doing because, you know, you can have more income coming in. You know, it's not just about turning up, getting paid to come punch someone in the head, or you know, rip their arm off, or whatever it is. You know, I mean, it's actually it's a very well-rounded game. Mm. And we're in Birmingham, which I think is where it all started
0: for Bama. Way yeah. back when, and for my you know, time, yeah, it's, it's 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 there's been a succession of
5: uh, big events held here in Birmingham. Is this kind of like Bama's home base, if you like? I think so I mean obviously we're based out of London but this is like it's almost like a spiritual home you know I mean Birmingham's where we've probably had all our our biggest events our most successful events so and I think we kind of feel comfortable here and it's also because it's central Um, it's great doing events in London but you know people from up north it's a much longer trek as much as when we go up north it's a longer trek for everybody down south so Birmingham's probably about as central as you can get with a decent sized arena so I think that's probably why it happened in the first place but yeah I mean it has become our home from home um, you know we're used to the arena we know the hotels we know the staff you know and it's, it's great to work with but it's a lot easier to work with people you know as well um, and a lot of a lot of the fighters come from the Midlands at the moment in the North West so you know again it's not too far for them all to travel you know a lot of things make sense and it's not just a financial thing I think it, it you know it just feels right yeah yeah well I appreciate you having me here really no, enjoying sure. the event and uh, hopefully uh, we'll be
0: back here for at least another 21 more
5: ah yeah let's hope beyond that yeah yeah, yeah absolutely no Thank you
0: for your time. Thank you for your time. As I mentioned earlier on this this podcast, I don't get to go to too many domestic events these days. Um, But someone who does and and really does put the hard yards in and uh, racks up the miles up and down this... uh, this sceptered aisle covering covering the sport at all sorts of different levels from from uh, village hall all the way up to, to international events is uh, Steve Cook Abbott of severemma.com. Um, he's been there, he's, he's seen a lot of stuff and uh, you know I wanted to just pick his brains and get a sense from him of, of how the domestic scene is going and, and, and the role that Bammer in particular being that we were at that event, uh, the role that they had to play in the development of the sport going forward. Alright, we're here at uh, backstage at Bama 21 with Steve Cook Abbott of Severe MMA, uh, a stalwart of the, uh, the UK MMA scene uh, He's been to more events than I've had hot dinners and I've had a few hot dinners, let me <laughs> tell you that um, Great to talk to you um, You've been at probably most, if not all of these Bama events certainly yeah. in recent years um, how,
6: how much have you seen this, this, this brand and this promotion grow and UK MMA as a whole? Well, you know, Bama, Bama started as, as arguably along with you know, you had your Cage Rage and and, and things like that. But Bama were at, at, at the beginning; they were the premier organization in UK MMA without question. I think that I, I think riding the wave of Tom Watson and Alex Reed, Tom Watson and Ninja, really helped put Bama on the map. And. Uh, I think they'll be the first to admit that during the middling numbers, probably 12 through 15, uh, there was a consistency issue with Bama. Was, they were putting on shows every year, but it might be six months, five months, nine months, and so I think they lost a lot of talent to to, to cage warriors at the time that were kind of surging forward with multi-fight contracts and what have you. Then comes Bama 16, 17, and, and a couple of their fight nights, and all of a sudden, uh, Bama really have sort of taken their foot off the gas as it were and opened up uh, their last show was I mean you didn't think that you'd get a much better UK MMA card and then this one comes along and when you look at the, the fighters on paper good Lord I mean it is the premiere of UK MMA um, Bama's journey I think is only just starting though I think they've had some hills and valleys but I think we're now I think they're if we're at the roller coaster they're now climbing to the to a, to a higher peak and they're gonna go on a hell of a ride you know Ireland coming up September we'll find out if Ireland is a one-man MMA country or an MMA country, and I think it's the second, yeah. and I think BAM's uh, arrival in Ireland is really going to shake things up. Yeah,
0: and I've always seen, certainly recently, the sort of UK uh, market, if you like, not just domestically but internationally as well. The fan base is there. The fan base is clearly there. Um, and sometimes it's it's been too disparate. Um, there's a lot of organisations all trying their own thing, which is which is all well and good. It's fine but and also the media hasn't quite caught up certainly from a mass media point of view there's still it's almost
6: like the the market is there but the media attention is still growing into it. Yeah, and you know that's kind of a double-edged sword for guys like well, guys like me. You know, we're not full-time journalists, so we don't work for uh, you know a media source as such. We work for Severe MMA that cover you know MMA across all levels throughout the UK, Ireland, and overseas. But as soon as you know, you know, the day that, that BBC Sport all of a sudden go, yeah, we're going to you know legitimize this, we're going to make, it. and I think I'm going to go on a side note. I think the UK MMAF and the IMMAF are going to Go a long way to help and legitimize this sport uh, at the grassroots level, uh, making sure that the amateur is all tightened up and, and that rule sets are followed, and that, that there's a clear progression for fighters, not just fighters, for referees, for coaches, for judges. I think that's all. It, it's all really positive, and they'll grow up. And you know, the day BBC or you know BT Sport decided to show up here, would would the guys that have been covering this sport in this country, you know, since as it were the dark days? Mm if they get pushed out i'm not necessarily sure it's a good thing it's great for the sport because of course you want that market and you want you want that you know you want that audience in front of you but i I would hope that it would i would hope that some of the old school guys got to stick around as well absolutely and uh it's a topic that i've I've spoke to
0: a few a few people about having a big arena event like this on a regular basis is obviously great for the fighters it it prepares them um for sort of graduation to the sort of big global shows. Yep. Um, but how important is it that they also get the opportunity to interact with, with media on a, on a level like this and, and do these interviews on
6: camera and, and, and all that sort of stuff? You, you know, the, the, the fight game, whether you know, no matter how you cut it, it's the entertainment business. And a fighter could be the most technically brilliant fighter, interesting to watch, exciting in the cage, but if you put a mic in front of him and it's a piece of wood that's mm-hmm. talking, They're never going to get the same traction as somebody who can be eloquent as well. I mean, come on, you look at Chael Sonnen, look at Conor McGregor. These guys are fantastic athletes. They are fantastic fighters. They are world class. But on top of that, they're world class minds as well. And they can talk. They can talk. The fans into wanting to see them win or lose. Yeah. Personalities puts bums on seats. The kind of media things that the fighters are doing here, as they progress through their career mm-hmm. to, as you say, a more global stage. Mm-hmm. I think the media stuff that we do is is lovely. But again, you know, the people you've spoken to, that you know, Bama's the big sort of UK show. We'll be doing you know the, the regional shows and doing yeah. the same thing. The amateurs mm-hmm. and doing the same thing. And I think that the grassroots both from the media and the fighters you know is still popular here and perhaps more so than other places so uh, it, it will get there but mainstream media that's going to be down to the UK MMAF I have no doubt yeah and
0: uh, we've seen some I think we're well I think we've got about two two or three fights left on the card yep. as, as, as we speak now um, we've seen some some real of quality talent coming through yeah. domestic level, um, who would you pick out as if you were putting your chips on someone? Say this guy's going all the way to the top. Um, who, who from who, who from this area would you say has got the best shot?
6: Well, look, I, of, I think it. Yeah, as, as much as I admire Tom Ducanois I think he's a brilliant fighter, an excellent champion. I think he's going to have his hands full with Brendan Laughlin. I think Brendan Laughlin's wanting to keep an eye on. I know he's had a taste of the higher. Uh, with tough and what have you that he's also had to come back and start from uh, almost from the ground floor up and that's what he's done and now he's competing for the Bama title I think he's won the watch but if if somebody kind of a name that people might scratch their brain but they don't know uh third fight, Dirty Harry Marple Mm -hmm. Dirty Harry Marple at welterweight or at lightweight or whatever weight class he chooses this kid is special this kid is is something else Um, and I I believe it's only a matter of time before he competes uh, you know, at the highest level I know he's only three fights into his career but I don't see any reason that he's not going all the way you just saw Jack McGann fight I know he's coming off a loss against uh, Mark Diocchese, who's the Lonsdale lightweight champion now, but uh, you know that game plan won that fight the occasion implemented it did exactly what he needed to do the perfect game plan to beat a Jack McGann but I'm not sure whether or not anybody else will be able to use that game plan again Uh, Jack McGann McGann and Dirty Harry Marple uh, uh, the two on the card so far definitely you keep an eye on great stuff thanks for your time really appreciate it I appreciate it
0: severemma.com
6: severemma.com thank you very much
0: the last man I managed to grab a word with was heavyweight Mark Godbeer who wrote himself into Bama's history books by becoming the promotion's first ever heavyweight champion. Um, And as you can tell from the interview uh, that's about to follow, he was pretty pleased about it. The new heavyweight champion of Bama, Mark, the hand of God beer. I don't think I've ever seen a champion look so proud walking into a media room after, <laughs> after winning a title. I mean, just how much does this, does this championship
2: and this win mean to you? It uh, means a lot, man. Anyone that knows me knows I'm, I'm quite open for my personality, you know. I, uh, I say what I think at the time. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. So I just let it, I let it flow. I let my emotions flow. I'm, I'm not false. I just which sees what you get, man. So. And it feels great. It feels absolutely great. Yeah. And you said uh, in a previous interview,
0: eight, eight long years, I think you said. Eight long eight years. What, is, what, what has it taken to get from eight years ago to, right, you know, sitting a here right lot, now? A,
2: a lot of hard work, dedication, perseverance. I've gone through ups and downs. One minute I wanted to retire, next minute I didn't know whether I could fight again through injuries. And, then, and then, you know, uh, for every fight that goes through this is a, is a rock and roll. Rock and roll, you know, lifestyle is uh, up and down. And, uh, yeah, it just it's great mate I, I just feel chuffed I'm just chuffed <laughs> you're, talk, you're talking to me and i just drifted off thinking what have I done no, it's, it's, it's great it's, it's, it's brilliant because you, you see some people they're still cold and calculating afterwards. Cheers, it's great to
0: see someone actually enjoying their victory and enjoying the fact that they're champion I mean this is going to obviously put more more eyeballs on, on on you and your career and and also you know it's putting a target on your back as well which yeah his, I mean how do you feel about that you know the added pressure more media obligations you know, everything
2: it's gonna up, up up the game everywhere for you isn't it I feel I feel like that, you know I've, I'm I'm the, at the best point in my career mentally and physically at the moment yeah. i mean uh, you know that this I, I'm not worried about putting a target on my back this is what I want you know if you've got a target on your back you're obviously doing something right in you so yeah there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Right?
0: Yeah, and uh, so you, you come from the West Country down there, sort of Bristol. Yeah. Way. Um,
2: how much, how much uh, coverage do you get from the media down there? Yeah, lots, lots and lots of coverage. I come from quite a small town. Uh, maybe the local newspaper's a bit uh, slow on the uptake because, you know, I come from... The local newspaper is probably bought by 80% uh, older generation, you know, so they're having not a not quite bit having a, having it, a big yeah. cage right on the front. <laughs> maybe they're not quite ready, but maybe, just maybe, I might have a good write-up um, this time and, you know, I the whole town behind me. You now, you look. You check my Facebook. The, the whole town's behind me. My whole town is uh, backed me from day one. So, uh, you know, it's only a matter of time before the local paper has to jump on it and uh, give me what recognition I deserve. So, brilliant well, it's been a long
0: road to get here. You're about to start on a brand new one as, as a champion in Bama. Um, hope all the injuries heal up and everything, yeah, and uh, you're back in action again soon.